Hey guys, welcome to the Faisal and Film Podcast. This is episode 3. Uh, I'm recording this episode during Ramadan, which is not the most ideal time to record an episode like this, but uh, I wanted to bring something out there for you guys to listen to. Um, the guest for this episode is different from the, uh, from the other guests that we had. Uh, his name is George Max Trumler. He is a South African director who works as... He actually works as an assistant director in, um, in Dubai for uh, about six years now. But he's also making a move into directing. He's made a number of different short films for the 48-hour film project where I've had the opportunity to work with him and compete with him, um, uh, you know, in, in, in that arena. And, uh, and yeah, he's, he's, he's in an interesting place because he uh, started from at the bottom. You know, he started from the trenches of film production, you know, from the, from the warehouse. Uh, and, you know, he really worked his way up. To, you know over the command chain and now he's making a move from you know more the logistic side into into a very creative uh, side which is directing so i think f- uh, what you will appreciate about his um, uh, you know conversation is that how uh, very practical his advice is how how it is really relatable to anybody who's starting from the bottom and you know he's not one of those people who really just believes he deserves everything he's one who's working all the way you know to the top uh, you know as as time goes on so i think you'll really enjoy the conversation i had a blast talking to him he He's a, he's a guy who, you know, shares a lot of philosophies with me when it comes to filmmaking and how films should be made. Uh, so it was a fun conversation uh, to have with him. So yeah, without further delay, this is episode 3. Alright, so we are here at uh, SAE, one of the classrooms in SAE. Uh, I'd like to thank SAE for letting us um, record the podcast here. Uh, so, George, the reason I know you is because of 48 Hour Film Project. I mean, I saw, yeah, that's right. uh, I took part in, uh, in 48 Hour Film Project like twice and um, And, uh, you know, we were, we were pretty much on the same, uh, we were in the same, like, uh, yeah. competition both times. That's, that's when I first met you. I didn't really meet you, but yeah, knew yeah, of yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's Actually, right. I, I, I knew of you the year before that because I, I didn't take part in 40R, but I visited all the screenings. And your, right, your right. film, The Pillowcase, was the one. Oh, was that the, the one? That was the one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, so, yeah. so, I, I wanted to scope out all the short films and see, like, what, what it is before I wanted to jump right, in and take right. part. So, I was like, I mean, just one year, I'm just going to sit it out. I'm just going to watch what other people are doing. So, yeah. yeah, but yours was one of the ones that I was like, okay, this looks really well produced. Because there were a lot yeah, of like, yeah, other... Yeah, that was our winning factor. It, it looked like we threw money at it. Obviously, we had no money, but... Um, yeah, yeah. And you got like, yeah. like good actors like Rahim and Laura, yeah, yeah, people, yeah. people I knew. Like, oh, these, I know people here. And yeah, like, uh, Reno's in uh, Los Angeles now. He's been acting in a few Hollywood Yeah, yeah, man, I've been seeing. It's really yeah. going, going pretty good for him. I think he's in like Sicario too or something. Like he posted yeah. one of the things. Yes, I think yes, that's, yes, he was. That's yeah. really awesome. So, um, so just, just going back to uh, the beginning, like when you were growing up, were you always interested in film or was there one thing that made you interested in like, okay, I want to do, you know, make films for a living? Um, well, uh, I, I grew up in South Africa. So um, uh, I went to a film school, which isn't really a film school, it was an advertising school. And I focused my energies on fashion and photography. Um, I didn't last long. I must have been there about six months before uh, reasons that I don't want to say on the radio, but uh, I couldn't uh, stay there. So uh, I had pretty much dropped out of that film school. But the funny thing is I'd already learned the basics as a photographer, the medium of um, preparation and You know, all these things that you do to get to a point where it takes a second just to click the fire button on your camera and then you've got your image. The hard part is getting everyone to that point. And the same applies when you're in film, uh, you know, the producing aspect of everything. You know, you might have a great idea, but getting everyone to that final point where all the elements are in play and you can roll the camera is the challenge. So, uh, yeah. But anyway, I digress a little bit. Uh, the whole point of my uh, film school thing, I, dropping out, led me to find work in the city and uh, I was kind of in a niche group of people that were kind of hip and trendy at the time 
And, um, you know, just through that, I, I eventually left South Africa and was traveling. And uh, my travels didn't lead me here because my then girlfriend, who's now my wife, <laughs> by the way, um, she got a job with Emirates and she was like, uh, come to Dubai. And uh, that's when I came here and that was about 12 years ago. Um, but yeah, to answer the question about what, what, when, when did I see the light uh, with film, I think the bug caught me. I mean, I always knew when I think about it now, like years later, I always knew. Yeah. Like I always, I dreamed like, you know, I had these visions of like, oh, I want to work in a warehouse where they have all the gear and all the cameras. But I'd never seen one of these warehouses. I just had this idea that that would be cool, you yeah. know. Um, but then life is amazing. You know, I always tell people everything I've ever wished for, weirdly enough, has come true. Yeah. It's the simple things, you know. Um, I Back then, I was like, I'd like to be in film. And, you know, and then through sort of karma and life it just all sort of culminated in me coming here and then you know eventually growing here in Dubai as a, as a young filmmaker so you when know? you say you wanted to be in film like what if what were the, what were the kind of films you were watching when um, you were a kid that like really um, influenced yeah. you um jeez you know my favorite my favorite you know I, uh, if I look at what I've done and what I've worked on and uh, I think we're always sort of building our own style yeah but my major influences, I know it's cliche, but I'm a, I'm a Tarantino guy, nice. you know. I, I just, I like his method of storytelling because I too don't like movies that are very flat and just linear. Yeah. I like movies that force dialogue and give you really good moments of time where people are sort of conversating and you're like invested in it. Yeah. You know, those yeah. kind of films yeah. I like. Um yeah, you know, uh, who else? Um, back then, back then, geez, I, I was a fan of Sam Raimi's work. Oh, uh, right. you know? and, and yeah, 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 Evil Dead, you know, and, I'm, and, I, and I, I hate horror movies. Oh, really? I'm okay. scared. Nice. I, you can ask my wife. I don't, I don't do well with horror films, but Sam Raimi's Evil Dead stuff was not, it's a comedy horror, you know, I can yeah. enjoy that. You yeah, know? it's like and, a little uh, over the top, it's a bit yeah, more campy. It's over, it's campy, yeah. And, yeah. That, that, and I kind of enjoyed that. And, yeah. One of these um, cinematographers I worked with years ago, uh, I was still a junior guy, and he, he told me there was like, when you endeavor to make a film or produce something, you know, you promise the audience something. You promise to entertain them, give them something. And then that was always stuck in my head. I don't want to do a film that, you know, it's too intelligent for people to understand. You know, you want people to be able to, it needs to be so smart that, you know, a young kid could, could understand what's going on yeah. and an adult could find the yeah. humor in it. You know, like, like the Pixar films, you yeah. know, they're, they're so genuinely unique because on a level that everyone can understand yeah. the story. You I know? know the filmmakers are talking like uh, like Sam Raimi and Tarantino. They were mm. also like the one of the first few kind of like indie filmmakers, yes. you know, the, yeah, like Evil right. Dead yeah. and, and Reservoir Dogs. They were like really proper yeah, like indie yeah, films. So like exactly. when you watch those movies, you feel like you know what this is the kind of like you know they yeah. were they were to do so much with like little yeah, resources, yeah, you know, exactly, something uh, like even something like like Evil Dead. Like he shot with friends for like over a year or something. I know, and, and it insane. wasn't like a, it didn't just happen overnight. You know, it was a long, it was a laborious task. Yeah. You know, and I find that quite you know well done to him. You know, and th those are the kind of guys that I aspire to when I think of my style or the style that I hope to achieve is I want to be that cool director. I want to be that young, funky dude. And yeah. uh, in order to do that, you also have to to work hard at like, you know, the the basic, not the basics, but the uh, the technical aspect, you know. The, yeah. there's you need a to lot like that goes find in. your voice and find your yeah, experience. You know? And this takes years, yeah. I think, because, you know, these 
these guys, when they were youngsters like us, and we were, they were, they were doing the same thing. Yeah. Struggling to make short films until eventually they knew what they were doing, or at yeah. least they thought they did, but it worked. Right? Yeah. Even um, what's his name? That uh, Clerks by um, Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith. Yeah, yeah. Now I like Clerks. Yeah. It's it's so mundane and simple, yeah. yet I can watch it over and over again. Exactly. And yeah. no wonder he won awards. I mean, he was a nobody when when he did that film, and that was that kind of kicked him off. You know. Yeah. So, so when you um, so when you were working in South Africa, like starting, mm. what were you working as, like on? on uh, films? I was learning to be a ph photographer. Yeah. So I assisted random people every so often. I was just an assistant, okay. like a camera assistant. Um, but I remember um, there was a situation. This is a cool story, um, where I did a photo shoot of this uh, this black woman, uh, and at the time I thought, if I'm going to make a name for myself as a photographer, I need to do something bold, right? And I thought she could be like the next face of Africa. Like, she was beautiful, right? And um, so, we, you know, I didn't know how to do this, but I made these uh, indemnity forms on the internet. I just typed one out, got my friend uh, makeup artist involved, got another friend involved, and we did a shoot on the beach, like a test shoot. The idea was these photos, you could go into any agency and you'd get a contract. Yeah. And then the strange thing happened, like after we'd done the shoot and uh, I got the results, her, her dad rang me up and wanted to meet me. And uh, things got awkward because for some reason they, he didn't want these photos to go public or anything. Right. But they were not, they were totally legit, beautiful fashion photos. There's nothing wrong with them, but I just feel there was maybe some kind of drama in the family, right? Yeah, right? Yeah, so I didn't know what to do. He just said, okay, how much do you want for it? And I was like, well, I... I don't know. <laughs> you know, I <laughs> yeah. never charged money, right? Yeah. Um, so then I spoke to one of the photographers I knew and I asked him and he's like, he told me a very important lesson. He says, how much is it worth to you? Right. And I was like, well, I don't know. And he says, well, calculate how much each of your friends would cost at a professional day, right? So I did my homework, found out. Okay, so it costs this much. And then he said, okay, now how much is it worth to you? It's like, once you give it away, it's gone. Yeah. And then I added a few numbers on top of that figure. Yeah. And I was like, okay, let's see if this is going to work. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the next day I saw her dad and I said, okay, well, uh, if you want everything, it's going to cost this much. Yeah. And he was like, cool. And we went to the bank and he gave me the money. And then the next day I paid all my friends. Yeah. And that was amazing because an interesting story, the makeup artist was a close friend of myself and my wife. And uh, she lives in New York now. And she is, she's, she's one of the top makeup artists in New York. Okay. So, nice. That moment was her first paycheck and my first paycheck. Yeah. And the other two guys, it was our, our first paycheck. Yeah. We were just all really Which came confused. out of a very weird situation. Yeah, in a way, you know, yeah. this is, this is, we were like, we were not doing anything bad. It was all legit. Yeah. But I figured, you know, I have to respect the, you know, the father and his wishes. And uh, I still have the negatives, though. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm not right. that stupid. So when you moved to, um, to UAE, um, mm. how did you find, like, obviously, I think, what, what year was it when you moved to? Uh, uh, 2006. Okay. So when so around that time, I think it was very yeah. early on for um, the industry, at least film industry. Yes, kind of stuff. I got lucky because uh, I was connected to uh, South Africans who you've heard of FilmWorks. Yeah. 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 So that was my in, um, and as a guy who did photography, I was like, my, you know, that's when it dawned on me because I'd had a bit of film experience in other places, but to 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 make it my career, you know, being in Dubai with with my then girlfriend. Uh, I had to just focus on, okay, this is what I'm doing. But I mean, it's what I wanted to do. Yeah. It kind of worked out. So um, 
working at Filmworks for a few months as a PA. I've had experience in South Africa as a PA and a runner, so that was no problem. Uh, and then in immediately realizing that, um, you know, they have a gear house and I want to be more involved in the, you know, the, the technical aspect of yeah. cameras and, and that, you know, since I'd had camera experience. And it was quite easy because uh, I immediately thought, you know, this could be my way because I never really had any real training, you know, and I, and I don't I think my training came through years of doing the work. But at the time, you know, I thought lighting was my my avenue to become a DOP because I thought at, at that stage of my life, I thought I'm a guy who could definitely be a great cameraman slash DOP. Yeah. That, that, that was me. I was like, I know cameras. I know a bit of lighting. It was an easy, I mean, I wasn't going in blind. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I already knew about lamps and lighting and, and how to, you know, shoot stills. So jumping into, into film was quite a quick yeah. sort of change, you know? Yeah. And, and back then we were still shooting on film. Right. So okay. it was like all, you know, we had the, the area, the four, three, fives with the, you know, and the motors and everything. So, you know, I was very lucky to be part of that because about two years later it was all gone, you know? Yeah. So we, we were doing commercials on film back then. Oh. You can imagine how crazy that was. So you started uh, as a, uh, you know, working as a PA with them and then you kind of, yeah, um, what was the next step? Like, how did you evolve from, from um, that? Like? Well, with Filmworks, I, I only PA'd there for a few jobs just to get to know people. people I, yeah. I wasn't going to, that wasn't my, I wasn't going to stay there, but yeah. they also didn't know who I was. And and I'd just been traveling for the last couple of years and I ended up in Dubai. So, so getting to know these people was why I spent some time in the office. But my, you know, like three jobs later, I was, I was in the warehouse, bang, like right. immediately. And uh, just doing lighting, learning the basics. And uh, yeah, lighting is, is probably the most intense field to be in. If you know, Lighting demands a lot from you. It's, it's, yeah. it's the yeah. hardest job physically, you yeah. know. Um, why I stopped doing lighting was, you know, as time moved forward, I always knew I, I had bigger goals. But also in this, in this specific region, there's a lack of um, respect. Um, you know, just because I wasn't wearing a suit uh, right. or, or because I was wearing shorts and a T-shirt and, and a work belt, yeah. I got the feeling that a lot of production houses here assumed that I am uneducated or I don't right. know what I'm doing. And yeah. the worst thing you can ask anyone in lighting is like, hey, I need some power for my iPhone. Right. You know, I'm, I'm a right. trained professional, you know what I mean? So this, these were the things that were starting to eat away at me and I knew... You know, I had to make my move sooner rather than later. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I spent, must have been about three years or four years in lighting. Because I've been ADing now for the last five or six years or something. I'm not sure. So, um, so after lighting, what was the next uh, thing that um, you were like, okay, I want to move to this instead? Well, it's, it, I left lighting on a, it was a really bad day for me. I was shooting and uh, things were just I, just, I was just getting really annoyed with, you know, the long hours and the, the, the heat. And I called my agent up during the job and I was like, uh, Nikki, <laughs> this is it. I'm done. Listen, I can't. And that was, you know, the, the thing is you can't, you need to make uh, a change. You can't just, you can't be half lighting and half directing yeah, yeah. or you can't be half producing and half yeah. direct. You either do one or the other. And I, right now I'm in that stage where I'm half ADing and half directing. Yeah. And that day is, coming sooner and sooner where it's just directing. Yeah. And uh, right now I can't make that move. I know I can't uh, financially and all that. You know, I got to work and I, and, I yeah, and don't get me wrong, I love ADing. It, yeah. it's, it's I love it, you know, every aspect about it. 
But in order to direct more, I, I literally need to stop ADing. And that was yeah. the same with lighting so many years ago. Yeah. And I made that choice and um, a lot of guys were unhappy, you know. <laughs> a lot of the film crew guys were like, oh, we trained you and we trained you. And, you know, I was a bit cheeky. And I think this is what's gotten me this far is because one of the guys was like, you know, we trained you and now you just, you know, you decide to change. And uh, I said to him, you know, you guys didn't train me. And this is advice for young filmmakers. Yeah. Show up, pay attention and fo stay focused. Yeah. Because these guys, they didn't teach me a, a thing. Yeah. I, I came to work. I was dependable. I was reliable. Yeah. I was on time. You absorbed this is why. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the thing. I came to work. A lot of guys don't see that. That the, you know, they they want the glory of it all, but they don't put in that yeah. hard work, which I feel that I did. So when I left, I was you know, again, a lot of guys weren't happy, but it was also the right time to leave. Yeah. And uh, you know, since then. I was ADing and it was difficult at first because I knew I knew how to do it. It was yeah. all I've been watching it for years now. So you always so, so like while you were lighting, were you always like kind of gravitating more yeah, towards yeah, being yeah. an AD? Always. Like, uh, you always I liked was, that job. Well, I I knew one thing. I talk too much. So <laughs> perfect. <laughs> you yeah, know? Usually. Uh, I'm I'm and I, and I can't. You know the the, the real reason is mm. in lighting. I as much as I love the learning and doing the job. I needed a role that was more, that demanded more of me. You sure. know, I wanted to have a deciding say over yeah. something instead of just being told, you know, what the DOP wants or the director wants. I mean, for a lot of people, that's fine. It's what they do. But for a guy like me, that wasn't, right. I can't be told, okay, do that, do that, and do that, and then just do it and walk away. Yeah. I'd rather be in that room with those brains yeah. making those decisions together, you know. Yeah. So um, ADing was my way into that sort of hierarchy. Yeah. And in my mind, it's just like, you know, I'm, I'm like now one step below the director. In right. other words, I've jumped from all these different sort of uh, levels of, of, of career types within the industry to right next to the director, yeah. where I wanted to be. Yeah. And I figured since, again, since I didn't do film school, the best way to learn is to be right next to, you know, who, who you want to be. And... Um, being being an AD puts me right next to the director and the DOP all the time. Yeah. So the the cost of that is I still have to deal with all the politics behind the scenes with the client and the agency and all of that, which takes up a lot of brain space. But all the directors I've had the sort of the, the privilege of working with, they've taught me something. You know, uh, I've learned from, you know, again, just showing up and doing a job and being dependable, you learn so much, you know. Yeah. So um, So yeah. from lighting, how hard was it to transition, like working-wise in this industry, just go from that? Because mm. it's not a very common no. transition yeah. uh, um, job-wise. It's, it's definitely a character type that you need to be. I can't tell, I, cu I couldn't say that anyone could just make the jump. Yeah. Uh, I've seen a lot of guys come and go through the you know, through the through, uh, film club, through the rental house, you know, new guys, new faces, fresh faces, young people. And, you know, you're either, you're either, it's either in you or it's not. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with that, you yeah. know. Some guys come in and then a week later they're like, they're gone because yeah. they realized they were interested in the glamour of it. They didn't realize that there was more to it. The no real, stress and work you know, it's like they say the best part about our job is like, when people ask you, what do you do? You say, I work in the film industry. Yeah. That's the coolest part. Yeah. Everything else is actually hard work. Yeah. It's, it's, and some it's, people it's, just want to say, be able to say yes, that. Yes, yeah. You know, well, you know, some people just, you know, the glory. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm also a glory hound. I do love it when we go to like film festivals, 
Red Car. I do love these things because yeah. this is yeah. like this, these are my people. This is what we do. I feel like I belong. Yeah. Um, whereas if I'd stayed in lighting or gripping or anything, that kind of you know you're doing a job, you do a great job, but you don't often get to feel like you're part of the movie. Yeah. I mean, you did it. You got paid. And for a lot of people, it's a job. But for me, it's more than a job. It's like I want to show people this is me and this is what I do. You know, so you know that that move was very important to me. Okay. Um, yeah. And so, so we have like people who are like film students and stuff listening to right, the show. So, right. so for them, can you explain like what doesn't uh, what does an AD do? What's the job of an AD okay. on a set or on a, or on um, a film? Like, well, <laughs> there's there's many way there's many many ways to describe it. Um, but the easiest sort of analogy or the easiest description is um, what an AD does is we, we, we maintain the control of the set in terms of um, scheduling and timings and um, uh, what else, you know, locations. Uh, all, the, all the aspects basically get filtered through me. So uh, one of the best parts of being an AD is you, you kind of have all the pieces of the puzzle. Whereas um, the key grip, the gaffer, the DOP, the director, they only have one piece of it. What's relevant to them. What's relevant to them, right. Yeah. And this is what I love about being an AD. Is like, it's, it's almost like you're gambling. You're playing, you're playing a game. Yeah. Because when uh, the DOP says he needs 20 minutes to light and um, you know, the director's like, oh, I want to shoot this shot next. And then uh, somebody tells me, oh, the cast is late. She's 20 minutes behind. I weigh all these... <laughs> times and this is what makes you either you have it or you're not can you make that split decision yeah. in your brain given that information right now from all these departments what's the best move next so now i start gambling with um okay so we'll prep that shot but subconsciously i'm going to stall them in in a, in a way yeah. that they don't realize that i'm stalling while i'm gathering someone else to do something else to do so that eventually we still arrive at the same point um anyway that's just the the art of it but what the job really entails is um, understanding what it is, learning, like the more prep time I have with the director, the more I can learn his script or his storyboard. And the better I understand it, the more effective I am, you know. Um, the best shoots I'm on are sometimes the shoots where the director barely says a word, which is great. Yeah. You're literally running the whole show. And then for a second, you're like, hang on a minute, I'm directing this. <laughs> You know, but yeah. I'm a, you know, that's totally cool because you know he's not going, oh, no, wait, 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 change that, change that, change that, change that. He's, he's because yeah. you get it, you're on the same yeah. sort of wavelength. And it's happened many times that, you know, that I, many, many times where I find that balance, that groove where, where I'm working sort of side by side with the director and the DOP and we're all in the same, we're like, we're almost of one mind. Um, but again, that's a character type, you know, you, you, you either can or you can't. Or some ADs are technical and they just schedule and they do, you know, their job. And don't be fooled. You know, they like to pressure young ADs into taking responsibility for a shoot. If you're listening out there and you want to be an AD, it's wise to be aware of the situation, but don't let them put the pressure on you because... If you put a schedule together, right? Uh, my schedule is almost, in some countries, it's almost like a contract. So we can do 12 shots in one day if we do it this way. Yeah. 99% of the time, within the first five minutes of shooting, someone's come in and changed yeah, what so we're so doing. And that means your contract is now yeah. 
doesn't matter anymore because had they stuck to your plan, we may have a chance. I always tell people the schedule is like a, it's like a, this is the, this is how we, we, we see, if you look at my schedules, for example, it's like this is the, how we hope it's going to go. Right. In a perfect world, in an ideal world, yeah. In an ideal world, if we follow this formula, we can do it. We'll make the day. Right? It's never ever happened. Um, I've finished early and I finished late. We followed the formula. We've deviated from the plan. We have. It's 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 a constant change. Yeah. Nothing is as it seems. So you're constantly on the alert as an AD. You're constantly always thinking about every other department. How long things take. How much time we need to move. And then even if you've got everything nailed and by pure luck, everything's working out, you know, one, one person can, can, can mess it up yeah. by an opinion. One guy with, a, with an opinion can change everything. So and is you, it frustrating for you, like for when, you, when you have obviously a plan in, in mind when you come on set and yeah. when you see things be, are beyond your control, yes. you know, like mess yes. up because it's maybe the director terrible. wants to like, change his mind at the last minute or something <laughs> happens. It is frustrating. And also, like, is it something that you get blamed for? Because you're like, oh, um, you were the AD. You, it was your... Um, do you feel like that's a problem that you face or that frustrates you in some way? I think, I think it depends on the AD's character type. Um, I've never been blamed for anything thus far because I think I'm more relatable to the crew. And I, and I, can, and I can say that because working in technical with a lot of these guys. I end up working with them on set now. So our relationship is better. Uh, a foreign AD or a new AD could get a different... Right. They would easily say, oh, the AD, he, he's taking too long. Yeah. Um, and if you're new and you're young, that's that can affect you. I remember once uh, there was a makeup girl about... You know, when I, one of my first AD jobs in... Not my first, but, you know, I've done a few... But this was years ago, and she, she, she just had this really bad comment to me. And, it, and I still feel the sting today. And that's when I started realizing that, you know, I choose my words very carefully on set. Uh, you can ask Kane, who's, who's recording the sound right now. I try to, to speak to everyone, you know, in that split second before the words leave my mouth, I'm trying to think, are these the right words? Because I could easily say something that can disrupt someone's well-being you yeah. know and and that i think that 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 determines the the, the type of ad you are whether you're likable or not yeah. how you respond to everyone's problems sometimes you you have to listen to the simplest things but even if it's pointless meaningless information you still have to give the impression that you're listening you have to yeah. even if you're never going to use that information still give that person whoever it is the time to to feel that you're you're with them, yeah. you know, and uh, you know, a, a film crew is like a military unit. You know, everyone has a role to play. Everyone has a piece of the puzzle. Everyone they look to a leader or someone to to point them. And if you if you're not that character type who can lead, then maybe not, maybe not, not for you, for you. Yeah. because you will be when things happen. Yes, you will get blamed. Or, or I haven't been blamed. I'm lucky because. I've, I've I've covered myself in terms of I've made the right choices, but then things have happened, yeah. which there's no one to blame. It just yeah. is. And the longer you work at it, you realize when you when I was a junior, there was a lot of opportunity because a lot of guys will um, there's like a hierarchy or pecking order, and uh, when you're junior, it's like they can smell the blood in the water, you know, and they're like, oh, okay, this guy, yeah. and they'll nitpick on you. Yeah, and a lot of guys crack and and they start. Panicking. I, I, I cracked too when people started nitpicking. Yeah. I remember thinking, um, 
Well, put it this way. Um, on the last few like big movies that I worked on, I'd realized, you know, whenever these Hollywood guys and these Canadians that come into town, I was like, wow, I'm going to learn. I'm so privileged to be here. I'm really going to learn. I've got to pay attention. I've got to be the best I can be, you know. And then you do the movie and then you do another movie and then another one. And then you, at some point you realize, hang on, these guys aren't better than me. They're, yeah. you know, if, if, if we, all of us went to New York right now, we'd all be working. You, whatever your role, not because you're good, because there's a lot of work. Lot of and work there, yeah. like how it works in, in the U.S. is like, right, we're shooting uh, Mission Impossible 10 and we need three ADs. They go to the book and they just get three ADs. Yeah. Oh, we use this guy a few times, so we'll take, you know, their key guys will remain, but yeah. all their other team will just be cho chosen yeah. from a list. Yeah. So I was under the impression, you know, only the best of the best get hired. Yeah. And then I realized watching a lot of these guys, I hang on a minute. Yeah. There, you know, I was living, you know, I, I'd been thinking about this all wrong. We are all highly skilled in Dubai. And this is the thing, you know, yeah. when foreign crews come here, they're a little bit hesitant. They think we don't know, we haven't learned. And, I, and I've slowly been able to see the progress being made. And, you know, we got top guys here. You know, there's yeah. some of the best people in the world do live here and work here. Yeah. So um, don't be intimidated is basically what I'm trying to say. As, an, as a young AD, be humble. Um, try to make the right decisions. And here's another little tip. Um, every time that one person has come up to me and said, hang on, George, maybe we should do this. And then I've gone, you're right, maybe we should. Those are the moments where I failed. Right. My gut instinct has always been correct, always. And yeah. it's the moment where I choose someone else's opinion over my own because I think, well, he knows what he's doing. He doesn't. Yeah. He's also just floating around in the big blue, <laughs> figuring it out, right? Yeah. But I, at, at that moment in time, I'm trying to be cooperative. I'm listening to what the producer has to say, and I'm listening to what the DOP thinks and the director's opinion. I'm weighing everyone's options, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, you know what? Maybe they're right. Yeah. Maybe we should do that shot. And then guess what? We did it their way and we failed. And we were late and things happened. And then you realize, why did I deviate from my own plan? Yeah. So nine times out of ten, your plan, stick to it. Yeah, I think um, that applies to even like as, as a director, you know, sometimes yeah. when you have a gut instinct of like, oh, yeah, this is the way you, you want give, it. Yeah. There's always people, you know, that, that gonna give, give you an opinion. opinion. Oh, and why are you going to shoot it like that? Yeah. Because I want to. Yeah, Because it's exactly, my movie. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> sometimes like the amount of time you waste justifying your shot, yes. you're like, let's just do it that yeah. way. Because, you know. Cause I find that those are the worst because, uh, you know, opinions, you know. And the best way to, you can't be rude to anyone. Yeah, of course. Because, you know, we're in the modern age of film, I think. You know, the old days, I, I got a brief taste of it when I started, you know, in lighting, you know, the, the guys used to just smack you over the head. You know, if you did something wrong, they, you know, they just give you a smack on the head in front of everybody and shout at you on the radio and talk to you really badly. Those days are gone. You can't behave that way. So you need to be respectable. You need to be well-mannered. Um, it's a gentleman's thing now, you know. Uh, the You know, on the jobs where people have moaned and shouted, uh, I... You know, it just brings the whole crew down. Yeah, yeah, I think that's know? the thing. The morale of the crew or just the yeah. attitude on, on set really changes exactly. the whole thing. And as an AD, for the young guys out there, you have to maintain the the beat or the vibe or the energy. If you come to work, you know, feeling really bad and angry, it will make the whole set that way. Yeah, it'll Everyone, the whole thing, yeah. You control the, 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 the beat of the whole thing, yeah. you know. So if you're upbeat and you're awesome, the shoot's going to be awesome. If yeah. you come in there miserable, it's going to be miserable. 
It's yeah. just, you know. So when so you've worked on, uh, you know, some of the bigger, as you said, the Hollywood films that came here, like yeah. Fast and the Furious, yeah, uh, yeah, Seven, cool. and, uh, you know, something like Deliver Us From Evil, I think. Yeah, that was, uh, that was in Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was cool in the... In so, the, so what are some some things like? I mean, you already touched upon it a little bit, but like, what are some of the main things that you learned? Uh, were like maybe uh, like differences on those sets versus the, the local productions that you're on that you kind of learn well, stuff from? The best sort of international film that I worked on in the in the UAE, I think my favorite one to date used to be Fast and Furious, but now it's Star Trek, and um, yeah. the reason is they. It's all about money, I think, really. They had the budget to pay for every single person that we needed. Um, here in Dubai, even if there is a budget, you're, I'm always fighting as an AD. I'm always fighting for walkie-talkie radios. Yeah. I also be, I need 10 radios. And they're like, why? Why do you need radios? And I'm like, guys, you know, I, <laughs> this is like, if you don't have radios on set, then my job is pointless because I, I have to communicate with every yeah. department, exactly. right? Um, that's where things differ, you know, uh, on a Hollywood film, there's most of the time there's like, there's a person for everything and they're paying, you know, and if that person misses a beat, there's another person to pick up the slack. Yeah. Whereas here we're spread thin, you know, um, maybe it's the money thing. I don't know. Uh, skill wise, we have the skills, we have the talent. Um, I just think uh, we cut corners here sometimes on things or we pay too much for other things. I don't know. I don't, you know, invest too much time in the, the financing of it all. But I know for a fact we pay too much for locations here. You know, it's, mm. it's ridiculous what we pay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and also, you know, the truth is as young as me, I've, I do film on the side like you. We, we create our own short films and things. It's gotten harder and harder because... Yeah. I can't really, I can't whip out a camera and shoot a scene. Yeah. I need a permit now. I need everything. I mean, you even in New York City, you could whip out a camera and do a shot. No one's going to bother you. Yeah. Even in South Africa, even in Germany. And if it is an issue, a permit costs 10, 10 euros. Yeah. That's it. Exactly. It's here very, in Dubai, it's, it's friendly like, to like independent it's friendly. Yeah. You know, here in Dubai, it's like, whoa, whoa, you got to go to this guy and that guy. And, oh, and, a, just, and a production company should be involved. You know, yeah. In this is why, all, yeah, this is why all my short films, I try to plan it in such a way that I shoot in a house, a, a building, a location that yeah. I can control. Yeah. Same so here. I don't need a permit. I'm, I've got the permission of the, the, the private yeah. building. Yeah. And there we go. Yeah. Because otherwise, and, th and this kind of makes it difficult because now loads of young filmmakers who could just as easy pick up a camera and shoot something epic outside, use the beauty of Dubai. Mm. I, you know, I, I think Dubai is a beautiful city. So many cool locations, but we can't shoot there because, you know, we need permits. Yeah. And what uh, young student is going to apply for a permit? Unless he's given one for free, yeah. he's not going to go ask for one. So yeah. what does he do? Shoots a movie in a room. So now you like, so how does this represent Dubai? It doesn't because yeah. you could shoot this movie in any room anywhere exactly. in the world. Yeah, I mean, that's, so, that's, that's the thing. I mean, for same same uh, dilemma that I have is like mm. all of the shots that I have done by design had to be indoors, you know? Yeah, and I mean, exactly. it's kind of a little easy for me because I like to make like horror stuff. Mm. So I'm like, mm. okay, it kind of makes sense. But mm. I, there's so many ideas that I have mm. that I want to shoot, you know, outside. But I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm going to shelve them in case yeah, like, you know, yeah, I have yeah, a production <laughs> company on board or whatever. 
but you know but but you're right like when i look at like the short films that i've yeah. done like i know i'm i was born here and i yeah. was you know uh, like i have the same but if the movie doesn't look like that as you said yeah. like you know it can be anywhere it can be anywhere you know, i yeah. i would love for it to have an element of dubai in it you know Me if too. i can shoot I, outside but yeah. when i look at it i'm like this could have been shot if i don't write in the credits like yeah, in dubai, uh, like, dubai yeah. or like you know thanks to something you know city dubai i'm like yeah. people like okay yeah, yeah. it could literally take place anywhere exactly, which exactly yeah which kind of which kind of sucks but i would yeah. like that you know i think dubai is such a unique city in mm. in a in a in there's a way so many cool new spots now and yeah. i mean the canal i mean man i have these cool you know just wide sort of establishing shots yeah. i mean take your pick it's everywhere you look there's yeah. a cool frame yeah but we can't do that because the minute you whip out a camera and you know roll there's something a guy, there's a guy, guy whoa, whoa, what are you doing yeah, yeah. you know like what you know I, i would surely you would think that everything we shoot is going to somehow be seen and it adds to the visual yeah i think it, of, it collectively you know, benefits the city and the places yeah. you know you like, know they should uh, i think we should we should relax on the you know the permits and things like that you know it'll make it all, make it easier for all of us to shoot more so, yeah or uh, at least yeah. have like some kind of distinction between like mm. short films and independent mm. filmmakers yeah. versus like tvcs and other stuff exactly. and see like yes. Look, have different I mean, process for each you know yeah, so you know, same for, blanket yeah exactly like uh, if it's a commercial and something sure i understand they they have to pay for permits that's totally yeah. the right way to do it but young filmmakers i mean yeah, you, you can know. you can put them in the same block and charge yeah. them the same fee yeah, exactly. for location like 20000 yeah. <laughs> or whatever for a day <laughs> for that's it that's the it's madness <laughs> you know okay, so yeah. um yeah that's so so when you okay so then you started at what point did you start uh, like what was your first movie that you directed or something that you directed on, on uh, your the first thing was the pillow case actually that was my first okay. sort of step into it um now this was around yeah. uh, 2012 12, 12 yeah, right 2012, yeah 2012 so yeah. what were some of the lessons that you learned as an ad that you that really helped you when you were when you um, kind of took a jump to become a director like I think that's what, you know that's an interesting thing you know there's a lot of people who say you know um DOPs make good directors editors make good directors and uh, ad's don't often become directors and and this is something a lot of ad's are going to hear and i'm a firm believer that like any any craft you choose or any sort of uh, department you're in as a filmmaker you can become anything else i direct you can evolve to be any person you want within that realm of filmmaking uh, a lot of people say oh like they said it to me a lot you're an ad ad's don't become directors and i was like mm-hmm. Well, who are you to say what I can yeah, or cannot exactly. be? And, and there's no and, one path for. And have like, you? Where's the data? <laughs> you yeah. know, you know what I mean. Have you asked a thousand ads yeah. what they've done, yeah. and have they become directors? No, you haven't. This is yeah. just a a negative a way of. Negative notion of, that you have. And yeah, and, that, and, and it's it, it's 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 negative, and yeah. it and it makes you sort of think, oh, maybe I can't be a director yeah. because you know everyone thinks I can't do it. and this is already sort of the first challenge you face as an ad who wants to be a director or anything for that matter um but yeah you know sorry what was the question Where was so what, so yeah what was stuff stuff did you learn as an ad oh what did i learn as an ad um well that first film the pillow case the only reason it was a success is planning and that is what i learned as an ad yeah we planned it so there was ample time yeah. and this was my first Remember you told me you you did, you came to check out to see how it all went. Yeah. You know what my 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 trick my 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 understanding of like this is 48 hours, right? So first of all, here's what we're not going to do. <laughs> we're not going <laughs> to run around the city yeah, and sure. film scenes. Yeah. What we need to do is create a story that takes place in one room, first yeah, of all. Absolutely. One room because number one we don't actually have a room. Yeah. 
so how 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 the heck are we going to get a street or a yeah. <laughs> building or a, yeah. so you know that was our first hurdle yeah. and then planning and um breaking down the the story in its simplest form and these are all things that I've learned as an AD because yeah. that's what I do essentially I take the the storyboard chop it up yeah piece it together and then put it into a schedule of, you know we should shots 37A first and then we do 36B last and then you know all of this is by design so that we can make the most of our time yeah. and gear and talent but it's interesting right? that you shot uh, I mean your first film was a 48 hour film because like mm. as an AD you usually have a lot of days of prep you have the mm. script ready and in this case mm. you really like find out your genre yeah. and all these like things like tomorrow it's yeah. on <laughs> so how was like was, was that intimidating to do your first film yeah. as a 48 hour film instead of like something that you could have planned for like months in advance or something well, like that I tell you what, you know, I've been trying to shoot my own film before then. And when the 48-hour thing came up, um, it forced me to do something in 48 hours. This is the, the only real, real reason for me to do it. Because yeah. it challenged me that I knew in 48 hours I will have a short film. Yeah, exactly. Because it took me like two years to get my friends to help me shoot yeah. something and nothing happened. Yeah. Because we're all busy, right? But in 48 hours, we will have a short film. Yeah. Whether it's good, bad, yeah. doesn't matter. We, we have something to show. And I always say to people, 48 hours, very simply explained, is it's not the movie you, you want to make. It's yeah. the movie you have to make. make yeah. And the question now is, how good can you make it yeah. in 48 hours? Yeah. And as a guy who works in the industry, and a lot of my friends who we all work full time in the industry, we're not uh, filmmakers who are trying to be filmmakers. We, we work. You know, yeah. We're getting paid to do this. We're professionals. So the 48-hour industry here, uh, sorry, the 48-hour film festival here is a challenge. And as a young filmmaker wannabe, I was like, I want to challenge my skills and beat this 48-hour clock. That yeah. was it, you know. So let's see what we can do. And, and all my, being an AD was my advantage. Uh, scheduling was my advantage. Um, but it wasn't like anything I'd done for money. You know, I didn't have the time to sit there and do like a schedule and print things yeah. out. It was all happening in my head yeah. because I was also directing. So I could think about it and just tell everyone, this is what we're doing yeah. now, now, now. Did you have an AD on your film or were you like kind um, of doing both roles kind of at the same time? I can't remember. Yes, we had an AD on my film, but he was my friend. Right. Uh, sure. I didn't. Just somebody. Who uh, you know, here's somebody. another thing. You know, the reason my 48-hour films, I think, were successful or, or people liked them was because... I, all these people who, who helped me on a 48-hour film, they're more important than the film itself. Right. So everyone gets elevated. So the guy who's usually a grip when we do commercials, he's the key grip now. The guy is usually a camera assistant, he becomes first camera. The guy, you know, all my friends who, I always sell it to them as we elevate ourselves to the positions we want to attain. Yeah. So um, you're no longer, you know, you're, you're not, you haven't been hired to be a spark. Now you're the gaffer. Yeah. And because I trust you with that, because I know you can. And this is a lot of times these guys, they just need someone to say or give them a chance or believe that you can do this. I mean, some of these guys, they've been camera assisting for years, but they've never actually shot mm. anything, you know. And when you say... You're 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 on a camera. I mean, this is like this is their this is their moment. Yeah. So they they they're not going to let you down. Yeah. You know, whatever happens, they are going to give you 110. percent And you need to understand this as a as a director or or an AD doing the 48, that you need to cultivate them to give you a result. And I think that's why our movie looked really well, looked really good because everyone gave so much 
because it wasn't my movie, it was ours, it was yeah. everyone's, you know, and, um, you know, I, I heard stories about other teams and, you know, the, the how difficult it was. And the problem is the other teams, some of them were treating it like there was money involved. Right, right. That's so right. you're the director. That means you want someone to bring you coffee. You want you, you talk down to people. Yeah. I heard the stories and I was like, I was really like, wow, you've asked 20 people to help you shoot a short film. Yeah. And you're talking to them. Like you're the you know yeah. the head honcho, you can't yeah, do that. It's a way. It's a team effort. That's why. Team effort. No one's. Everyone's there out of their own. Yeah, they're giving the weekend, which sometimes their, for some people yeah. might be the only days off. Really, they're for giving the, for their the time because they believe in you because you believe in them, and now you want to yell at them like you own them. No, 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 that's unacceptable. Yeah. And I think that you can see it in the results because the movies yeah. look, they're like sticky and they, yeah. you know it doesn't yeah. just flow and and the and it happens when the crew, of are with you. Because yeah. they pick up all those mistakes that you you're not seeing. Yeah. They're compensating for you all the time, you know. Yeah. So yeah. So the first one we did was all about uh, being smart and using one location and good actors. Yeah. And now I knew I knew that everyone's gonna probably follow this formula. And again, as an AD, I think I was in terms of all the teams that participate. I, you know, I was probably one of the more you know I, we had an advantage my team because yeah. we were all. Like, you know, we just come off 20 shoots, you know, we're, we're fresh, you know, yeah. we could shoot anything right now. We're not just practicing, we're, we're hardcore, we're on it. So we were like, uh, the second time I was like, well, let's, let's change it up. Let's try to shoot. Like, I was like trying to test yeah. myself again, again, yeah. like it wasn't about, it's never about winning. It's just about competing yeah. and, and challenging your, your, your own expectations. So we did a movie that required a lot of traveling and, uh, a time lapse and like three locations and yeah. and we managed to do it and oh, you know the what with the, with the hitman the, right? with the dead the, guy the, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> and it was cool. just it was choppy work because um first of all i, I was shooting on a 5d mm. um two 5ds which is difficult because if you ever try to pull focus on a 5d yeah. you know yeah, <laughs> so yeah, there are moments where we're soft and and it was stressful and um you know it was just a different experience but again I, I didn't want to win i wanted to challenge yeah. i wanted to have a movie that when people watch it go whoa how did you do a time lapse and how did you go on the rooftop of that house and you were driving down Sheikh Zayed road and you were in this building like how did that all what in 48 hours yeah. and you edited it yeah. um i think the team on a whole some of the team members were a bit slack on this because uh, we'd won last year so they were yeah i got yeah. i could sense it <laughs> I could. Some some other team were letting us down a little bit. But, um, you know, for the people that weren't letting us down, they were enthusiastic. They they brought me back and kept me kept me going. Uh, I think we had a great film had I shot it better, as in one camera, and uh, maybe a camera, you know, just even a 5D with a with a manual focus on it would have, you know, you know like with a follow focus on it, would have been better than you know, doing it with yeah, my hands, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that was that was the struggle on the second movie. But we still took top three. I don't know. I can't remember. We were second or third place. I can't remember. Yeah, I remember you were in the... Yeah, one so, of those, you know, I was like, yeah, yeah, cool. You know, that's great for the guys, you know. And uh, yeah. the thing about doing the 48, I'm just glad that we're up on the... You know, if we're, in, if we're in the top three, it's good because I think my team or the team that works with when we do when they work with me I, I feel it's our duty to 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 push the the boundaries for everyone else yeah. you know what i mean yeah. because 
everyone was like, oh, those guys, are, you know, George's team has got all the cool gear and they got all this and all that. And I didn't have any of that for the second time. The first movie I had it. Yeah. Because for, for the, by, by luck, um, the jobs we were supposed to do that weekend got cancelled. Yeah, so so the, the, there was a fully loaded truck. Yeah. And we're like, all right, we're just going to take the truck for it. <laughs> you know? And everyone was okay with that. The second one was we just had five Ds and head and legs. Yeah. One or two little like Kino flows. That was it. Um, the third one, I had even less. The third one was another attempt at changing the game. was a single shot film, that Pepsi one. Right, right, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, yeah. we were, you know, we were briefing each other and we were talking about it. And we we're like, how do we make this cool? And, you know, it's the same 48-hour sort of... Um, yeah. Uh, no, no cuts no glory right and that was the funniest name we could think of because there's no cuts right <laughs> yeah. and no glory <laughs> so um the idea was really cool i think the execution wasn't as good because again we we weren't equipped we we had a 5d on a on a not even a steady cam on a glide cam i, think. Oh, right. I can't remember i yeah. don't know and um you know the concept then was so the first year we stayed in one location the second year we went to like four locations and the third year, this is how I think, you know, as a 48-hour filmmaker, innovate, try to be different to everyone else. And the third year, I was like, I want to do a single take film. Yeah. Now, to the movie watchers and the judges, that means nothing to them, yeah. to be honest. They're just looking at it going, which one's the coolest? Yeah. But to the filmmakers who yeah. actually it's know, a challenge you took up to they're like, whoa, on. that was one shot. Yeah. Five minutes of one shot. Yeah. The movie starts exactly where it ends. And for me, that was like... <laughs> You know, this is really the challenge yeah. that made it awesome. And I was like, that was that's my favorite one to date because it was the most innovative kind of use of... of and this was just before Birdman or something had yeah, come yeah, out. Yeah, Everyone yeah. was like, oh my God, one shot. Yeah, takes. one shot became like, cool. Right yeah, 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 yeah. And it, I think one shots are still really cool, but be creative within that. And we didn't have a lot of space to, you know, uh, to play, but it was still a nice piece, I think. And it's one shot and it's just a bit of acting and we just cruise around and the end and uh, again it's it's not the movie you want to make it's the movie you have to make so yeah. you know within your realm of all the things you have what can we do to make it cooler than just being because I, I hate seeing short films where you know a lot of guys copied you know that 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 system of stay in one room mm. and that's fine but not do it right because yeah. they don't understand the you know the the crossing the line i see yeah, that all the time yeah. um you know, and then when you're doing dialogue and you do your wide and your master and you're in and you're out, you know, you can tell a story in like three cuts. But in a lot of short films, I see like there's like eight cuts in one conversation. <laughs> yeah. You're like, what? Yeah. And it's back and forth and back and forth yeah. and wide and in and out. And I'm like, yeah. wow, that must have taken you a long time to shoot because you're all over the place for number one. But that whole conversation could have been three cuts. Like, And I mean, these are things you learn. I've, I learn them as I go. Mm. And, you know, I'm just hopefully getting better and better at it. So, um, yeah, the third one was a single take. It was quite a cool experience, yeah. So, when, so you haven't taken part in 40 Dark, like, I think, for the last couple the of years? The like two. Much, yeah. um, not because I didn't want to. Uh, it's work. I'm it was work. Same, uh, yeah, pretty much. I think we were doing... We just Star Trek was last year. That's why I couldn't do it. Yeah. And I, So, would I, you want to you wanna revisit oh, yes. that at some point? I, yeah. I mean, listen, every year... I, 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 try, I made a promise that every year I will do this. Yeah. barring i'm busy yeah if i'm not busy i'm in yeah. again whether i'm shooting now i have my own cameras now so i can actually shoot myself i yeah. just need a few lenses yeah. but i also realized that you know movies have been shot for less uh, you can shoot like you just need an, the world to get up and go and shoot something yeah. so challenge yourself and the best thing about 48 is 
you don't know what you're gonna shoot until you reach in the yeah, bag and that's kind of, there's a thrill boom, to that you know, there's the a way, thrill yeah. to that right and now it's it's knowing like, that it's not all in your control you know it's like you're exactly, kind of waiting for the elements exactly. you know if you, you might get musical as a genre you might just hate it yeah, but, yeah, now yeah. Like, but now you're like let's make something out of it it's funny because i've had genius ideas that have I've developed about do you know musical as a yeah, genre. Yeah, yeah. I think I have a way to do it. Right. You know in a cool way. So with, you're half fishing you get you know, and I'm like hey, hang on I, that's not a bad because sometimes you think oh I don't want this one. Oh I don't want this one. And I used to fear like oh I don't get that one, you know. Yeah. But and sometimes like, like, some totally of the foolish like, ideas come out exactly, because you're like okay. Exactly. And, and there's yeah. no pressure like you know uh oh I've been working on the short film for like a year now and we're going to shoot it and then the first guy who watches it goes mm, you know has a bad opinion and you're yeah. like wow i put my heart and soul in that and this yeah. guy has an opinion with the 48 hour that's out the window yeah, because it's exactly. like this is what they gave me yeah. this is I, what we this shot what did and you, yeah this is the you best know? we could come yeah, up yeah. with like, you out, and yeah. and even and you'd be surprised the best you come up with is epic people are like yeah. wow that's what you you did all of that in 48 hours oh my god yeah. you know it's amazing you know yeah so. I mean, it's, it's it's cool cuz i mean I, i just like you 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 when i had an opportunity to win for one of them and i haven't taken part since but i really yeah. like hopefully if this hopefully this year like if uh, yeah, if all last if year, is free, yeah last year they had some cool prizes i'm a little yeah, bit bummed out it's such that when we won they didn't <laughs> have like they were just like certificates and stuff and like, now it's like cameras yeah, yeah. and things i'm like okay why I was did like i could use another camera yeah, you know exactly. i don't mind if it's a nikon i don't yeah. care it's free you know yeah so i was like yeah so hopefully hopefully this year we could no no again like uh, this year if i'm not busy i'm in uh, 100% um there's been and it's also like i think 40 dollars one of the only things like even if you have all yeah. the care you even yeah. if a movie looks amazing i think yeah. eventually i think the the meat of it and the content of it really matters you know exactly. it's just exactly you know it's not a cinematographic competition exactly. you know it's, a, it's, a, it's some teams have like all this gear like i ha- granted i had it on the first one by yeah. chance by luck but you also had the content i think you also but had, had a movie. better engaging yeah. thing because i've seen and, movies which know, are like shot very well yeah. but then just like wrap it on board i'm like all... it's a five minute movie when i'm like looking yeah, at the clock exactly. like two minutes in that's another thing you know uh, everyone thinks oh it's a seven minute maximum so they shoot a seven minute film you don't have to yeah you know, exactly yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Like... so again you know now the cameras have gotten lighter and better it's like you said the meat the yeah. idea the concept yeah, i think that's what really that's matters what in the cool. man i i'd shoot it on an iphone you know yeah. um it's just working with iphone footage is difficult that's why i wouldn't do it <laughs> yeah. but you know it just yeah. goes to show you don't need tools but even though you know we have i i have access to it doesn't mean i get it yeah. the last 248 i didn't have anything mm. i had a few lamps that's it also i didn't want to ask the rental house for all the stuff even though they gladly give it to me i don't I don't think you need all the fancy things yeah. to tell a story if you have Absolutely. a cool story, you know Absolutely, what I mean? Yeah. So um So yeah. uh, for so for the future like do you have uh, short films that you want to do like outside yeah, of, or uh, any feature film or anything like what are your projects that you um, have working on? I don't think I'm a feature feature film kind of guy to be honest. Um I I don't know the, the to be to ev- to the idea of ever doing a feature film doesn't appeal to me. Hmm. Um I do want to create a ma- like So I I do hope that in my future I will be someone who's shot some of the coolest commercials you've ever seen in your life specifically car related sports related I like fast things action energy pace mm. you know I like post apocalyptic kind of uh steampunk kind of vibe you know that kind that's my style I also you know you know I have a few short story ideas you know that are romance because I like the idea of yeah. love. I'm a big fan, you know. <laughs> I think it's it's beautiful to tell a love story it transcends language, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? You don't you can, you know, you can 
do a love story in complete silence. Yeah, and it just but it can resonate, right? Uh, You don't need verbal to tell that story. I love coordinating as an AD as well as a director. But as an AD, I do a lot of car commercials. We just did Range Rover, Mercedes, BMW. You know, and when as an AD, I get you know I'm making my exodus now to to direct more. So I like you were asking earlier, I get frustrated. I'm I'm essentially doing, you know, I'm practice. I'm basically doing the job of getting this whole project off the ground, someone else's project. Yeah, you know what I mean. And as much as I've learned from every single job that I've done, I'm still doing doing it for someone else. Yeah, you. I'm might helping someone you. else yeah. to create their vision. So it gets frustrating, you know. There's a lot of things that I have an opinion about, but it's my opinion. I keep it to yeah. myself. I'm all about the positive, move forward attitude. So I facilitate it and I get it done. So that frustrates me, but as a director, I want to do more of my own car shoots and things like that. So um, short films, yes. Yeah, you like the short films. Long commercials, yes. Quick uh, content, yes. Things that are energetic, high-paced, that engage you, yes, any day of the week. But a film, working on a film as an AD, it's it's a long piece of your life that you're committed to, you know? So um, I love it. It's great, but I don't think I could do a movie like a full-on 20 30 days of, yeah, of one yeah. thing and of one thing, going yeah. through scenes i'd lose my mind you know <laughs> yeah. so just as a as like a final uh, question like what is some advice that you would give based on your experience to you know uh, film students who want to become a director or even they, or they want to become an ad like ad's who want to become a director like right, what's right. some like general advice from your experience Ooh, general advice um oof, that's a difficult one general advice um if you want to create your own films one day, it depends on you know where you're going. But as a young AD, my best piece of advice is listen, listen, be punctual, be on time, and um, respect everyone on set because you know some people want respect. You're gonna think you deserve it because you're the AD and you've been given you know pretty much the keys. Uh, as an AD, you're, you're pretty much at the top of the pole here. So you have a valid say in everything. However, don't demand respect from people. They should give it to you. And they will give it to you if you if you are a humble person as an AD. And I think that applies to directing as well. And, you know, I guess one of the lessons I learned is when I made a mistake, I owned the mistake within like a heartbeat. Um, nobody likes the guy who goes, oh, no, but but this guy and that guy. Yeah. If something happens, say, I'm sorry. I mean, I've said it to the directors many times. My bad. I've, I, yeah. I bleeped that up. Yeah. So sorry, guys. I know it was the wrong thing to do. Yeah, and, I think people appreciate that. And then, like, you know, exactly. They yeah. immediately go, that's cool. That's Let's cool. fix. Yeah. Boom, yeah. boom. And you're uh, gone. Because they know everybody makes mistakes, but like, yeah, yeah. when you own it up to it, that's own much it. better than just... Own it, guys. And... You get more respect from everyone because you took the the punishment and you took the blame, and you'd be surprised. That's all they want to hear, and then you and then we 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 work together to fix it. So many times I've heard guys complain and argue, and then you spend five minutes in a heated argument over something that's really just irrelevant. Just say you're late. This is why. Yeah. I'm sorry. Move on. Yeah. That's you know no one ain't nobody got time for that. You know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay. So yeah, that's that's my advice, yeah, you know. That's, that's, so that's uh, yeah. yeah, and if anyone's out there listening and you guys want to, you know, practice or you need some like interning, you just 
hit me up or something. Okay, yeah, you cool. can. I'll put my deeds. Yeah, yeah, man. Any students out there? I believe in something. You know, no one gave me education. Yeah. I had to. You know, my parents struggled to pay for it, and you know, things like that. And then everything I've learned, I've learned through doing. Yeah. So uh, if you come from any uh, college, SAE, whatever, and you want to, you want some set time, you want to roll with me. That's cool. You just uh, contact uh, Faisal and whatever, get through to me, and uh, on the next job. Um, yeah, come on, man. Everyone's welcome, you know? That's cool. Yeah, I'll... Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll Share the love. <laughs> yeah, I'll find a way to connect. Uh, yeah, man. No problem. Thank you so much, uh, George, cool. for, your, for your time. And I think cool. uh, it was really cool to hear a perspective of like, you yeah. know, from an AD and, and you know, from a track and both those things. And, cool. Uh, Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's great. Thanks. It's great, man. Anytime. <laughs> That's it. That's the podcast. That's episode three. Um, thanks to George for, you know, giving us his time for um, the podcast, as well as giving us generous offer of, you know, helping other people out who want to intern with him or work with him on set. You know, I think it's a great opportunity for anybody who wants to, uh, you know, dip his toes into production and see whether this is something that they want to do. And, you know, what better way to do that the kind of shoots that he's been a part of. Um, so, yeah, if you want to be a part of that, you know, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, Faisal Hashmi twitter.com Faisal Hashmi uh, and I'll find a way to connect you and uh, and, and George together um, and uh, yeah the next episode is also going to be something very different very uh, uh, from a different perspective compared to you know the ones that we've been having and that's what I've been trying to do with the last uh, couple of episodes is try to make sure each episode has a different angle to it the person has a different background and the way they approach filmmaking coming from that background I think that's very interesting because there's so many other filmmakers in the world who are you know coming from different backgrounds whether it's a corporate background or a filmmaking background or even the story telling background so seeing uh, you know these different uh, people and how they tackle you know their entry into filmmaking is very interesting and the next episode will have that aspect as well so uh, yeah looking forward to uh, you know the next episode thank you once again to uh, Kane Rodriguez for making this episode sound as good as it does and uh, yeah see you on the other side <laughs>